Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Ad News Podcast, the podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Welcome to the Ad News Podcast, hosted by Nova and sponsored by The Trade Desk. I'm Ad News journalist Lindsay Bennett, and today I'm joined by the Works founder Damian Pincus and RXP CEO and founder Ross Fielding. In August this year, RXP purchased the Works for $33 million. For those wondering what RXP is, we've got Ross here to uh, give us the 411. Well, there you go. I'll give you a, a quick summary of what we were and now what we are, given they've added the works to the, the, the mix. I mean, RXP has sort of kicked off back in 2010, and I'll embellish this for you so it might save you some other questions. <laughs> back in 2010, started with my brother um, and pretty quickly listed the business, and we were back then an IT services business. Uh, we've evolved that business over time to sort of broaden out to technology and these days much more of a digital services business where we're helping clients fully leverage, you know, digital technology combined with people, usability and process. And so we work with um, Tier 1s and Tier 2 clients, mostly Tier 1s in Australia. We're an Australian business with a presence in Hong Kong as well. Mm. And what did you, as a digital consultant business, see in the works that made you um, acquire them? Yeah, it's an interesting one. We, we'd sort of, um, as most would know, we've been on an acquisition sort of journey, uh, mm-hmm. growing both through organic uh, means and acquisitions. We've done 15, and the 16th one was the works. We'd built our business out, if you like, to from just technology through to customer, people, usability, and we wanted to extend even further in up that value chain to brand, brand execution, um, advertising and the like. So it was natural for us actually to extend the business um, through the works. Um, there's some common aspects as well with usability and, and technology, but uh, that, that piece of brand, brand strategy, brand execution, creative was the bit that really fills out the story for, for RXP. Mm. And Damien, you're obviously independent for 15 years, um, an agency that was started in the back of a van, as you've told me before. Uh, I can imagine it's a huge decision to sell your agency um, after such a long stint being independent. Why now um, and why RXP? Um, for, I mean, uh, the, the, I think the independent thing is an interesting conversation to be had because I think, as Ross pointed out, his business is an Australian business. It was founded by Ross and his brother. Um, so I think, you know, we still we, we feel like we found, a, you know, a good match in terms of that sense of independence you get from working with a company that is 
based in Australia, uh, makes the decisions in Australia, and, and we work very closely with Ross and that same entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I think that you know that's obviously a really important part of um, you know why we thought that was a good match for us specifically. About um, eight or nine months ago, we embarked on a, on, a, on a thinking about the next five years for our agency, mm. and part of that process was to actually look at where the industry was going. And I think we very quickly identified, you know, we we all talk about change in our industry, and. We, we saw a genuine change in where clients were putting their budgets and where they were putting um, their emphasis in terms of, you know, how do we actually get um, change from a consumer perspective? And the reality is that that change is coming through digital transformation. I know that's a big sort of word, but I think um, more and more clients are understanding that how they represent their brand in the digital form can be the difference between what was, I suppose, older thinking, which was, um, you know, advertising was the way to make change. And I think people now see more and more that that digital space is where those changes can be made. And um, we looked at where budgets were moving and where clients' emphasis was going. And um, I think um, in a recent um, article about WPP share price dropping last week, um, the, the main investors were saying, you know, that there they were concerns for them around the digital uh, leaders, the Googles, the Facebooks and the management consultants coming in and, and disrupting the industry. And we saw that happening and we saw that coming. And therefore, when we looked at our plan for the next five years, we realised if we wanted to fulfil our ambitions, we actually needed a really world-class digital partner, someone who really gets this space. So I suppose when we met Ross and we first had our conversations, it really um, it really fitted with the plan that we had in our mind for the next five years of our agency and probably more importantly, our people. I mean, we've taken a lot of pride in the people we have in the agency and we want long-term careers for people and we felt if it would be remiss of us to not be looking at the long-term future of advertising and communication companies and we believe that that's where the business is going. Mm. It's been an interesting year um, for creative agencies, obviously with a lot of consultant um, acquisitions. You've got the Monkeys, um, Thinkabell, which was a minority stake. Um, just last week, AGF Partnership uh, sold to a new consultancy. Um, why do you think that this year independents have been selling to consultancies instead of multinationals? Um, because obviously... You know, in the past, if you're an independent, you I guess you didn't have the option of a consultant. You would just sell to a multinational. I know you've been approached by many multinationals in your yeah yeah. No, it's a great it's a great question. I think um, I, I think knowing most of the founders of those agencies, um, they are all people that have disrupted our industry. They're all change merchants, and I think we we see ourselves. We are definitely in that same place, and so therefore, if you if you want to make change in our industry, you don't do what the normal thing to do would be. The normal thing would be to be part of a big uh, multinational comms group. So I think all all of us um, probably want to continue to disrupt and continue to do things differently. Um, and I think from a pure business perspective, it, op- it, it it opens many many doors for us than it does if you go with a multinational. Multinational. The multinationals really struggle with com- competition. Like, and I think what we found is that um, 
you know, businesses like RxP have much more opportunity for both of us working together. Um, and I think that's what a lot of clients are really looking for is they struggle with the future of their businesses. And, and, and I think very much in the digital space, it's where it's the biggest investments are being made in that space. And therefore, I think a lot of clients want to know that they're going, that they can get a much more um, an offering that is from start to finish rather than having multiple partners. Mm. Um, so I think we felt like when we sat down with Ross and what our, our business plan that was in mind, that it was a really good fit to be able to actually offer that to clients. My instinct is, and we talk about this, I think we're a little bit ahead of the game, um, but I think it's better to be ahead of the game than behind. Mm. Um, and obviously when you have these kind of acquisition talks, you put out a plan for the next six months. How have you guys been meeting your objectives and maybe, you know, things that you outlaid in your plan have had to change as you guys have worked out how you're going to work together? There's a couple of things, actually. It's um, and, and we have some experience, given we've done a few. Um, mm. This one, though, and it's a really, really important to point out, this one we we decided to probably, in our own minds, be a little less prescriptive and, and setting you know, any detailed milestones, if you like. And this was much more about, you know, the two teams of people committed to it's the right thing to do, first and foremost, uh, from a people perspective, client perspective, and our partner's perspective. So if it's the right thing to do, then that's cool. We don't have to convince ourselves. Then the next thing we said was that we would effectively let our clients be the ones who, who not dictated, but guided how quickly we did the next steps of integrating two businesses together. Um, and and what's really nice to see is that that's absolutely happened. So that was first and foremost. Obviously, we're a listed company, so we have financial metrics that we want to hit. Um, pleased to say that we're on track to do that, so we might as well put that out there, and we've told that to the market as well. But more importantly is the that our philosophy of clients sort of guiding how quickly we take the next steps and that's happened multiple joint pitches to clients have already occurred um two sets of business one by the joint teams which is is beautiful but also even more than that is the 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 people aspects of it and the the sharing of cultures and some of the things that we're about to do that i'm not allowed to mention now is um you know we're going to do some joint culture work and roll out some things that will be across the whole company. And that when I say the whole company, the two teams of people. So they're the other things that's happening. And that's a little bit of a surprise that we didn't build into our, build into mm. our uh, initial six-month plan. So our initial plans were about making sure we hit our numbers, um, making sure we do work together on joint pitching for work, which has happened, and making sure that we take our customers and clients on a journey, and that's happened as well. Mm. And I think probably to add to what Ross is saying, I think I think one of the things that really attracted us to Ross and the team at RxP was there there wasn't an imposing of their culture. I think Ross is a big believer of um, we're all here to work together. Let's let's take the great bits about each other and 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 build on them. And I think we've really got a sense of that in terms of how their business operates. And and I think what's accelerated faster than we thought was actually the people. People actually really seeing great things in each other and the joint benefit of that. So I think those elements have probably accelerated faster than we thought. Um, and we've got people in the agency going, what's what's next? Like that, they, 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 oh. they want to see progress, um, which is exciting. Mm. You know? 
It's interesting the um, culture consultancy controversy that you kind of seen across the trade press, ad news included. Um, and I was speaking to PwC the other week and I actually went into their offices and it felt more like a Facebook or a Google to me <laughs> than a consultancy, you know, what you think in your mind is maybe a law firm. Um, do you think the consultancy culture conversation is fair or do you think that's really coming from people that don't really know what a consultancy is like these days? I'll have a go at that because uh, I mean the best way I'd like to explain it and I'll offer to you too, uh, two things. Come down to Melbourne when you're there and come and have a look at the, the experience hub that we've got running down in Melbourne in our offices and if you wait maybe about a month we'll open up an experience hub up here in Sydney uh, in our offices and what you will see very much is that the traditional consultancy if you like which most started in a an IT sense back years ago is very very different now very very different where you'll see that the cultures aren't anywhere near as different as what people have made out to think and I think some of that commentary is a bit ill-informed and not people's fault it's just that uh, maybe we companies like ourselves have not opened ourselves enough to let people see just how much change has occurred but you'd be very surprised when you get into the experience hub and the the open working the agile working uh, the way in which people work uh, are employed by us is very very different than what it used to be so i don't think there is such a big divide and that's certainly what we found between the teams in RXP and the teams inside of the works, I think Damien's absolutely right. It's almost been seamless uh, to the point where there's there's lots of excitement about where to next and those sorts of things. So, yeah, and I typically won't buy into too much of the commentary you hear outside of our world. We know what happens in our world. I suspect um, the others are fitting in fine as well mm. in their businesses. Mm. I, I think there's another thing driving that to some degree is that um, uh, five or seven years ago, a CIO of a company was the CIO and they just looked at intern a lot of internal IT. And I think uh, as everybody has embraced, CEOs have embraced the power of digital and what it can actually do for businesses, the CIOs have had become a lot more consumer savvy or more marketing savvy and the marketeers have had to become more IT savvy. So I think... Actually, what's happening is clients are changing. You know, I go into client offices now and they've got agile workspaces, they've got whiteboards, they've got theatre areas. They're changing. So it doesn't surprise me that when you walk into into what is perceived to be a management consultancy, you're going to see something different because we're seeing it in our clients' offices and we're seeing it in our agency in terms of you look at the makeup of people we had five years ago to what we have now, it's very, very different. So I, I think it's a natural progression that's happened and it's been driven partly out of clients and partly out of how we respond to that. Mm. One big difference I would say between um, agencies and consultancies is that agencies often are quite good at talking about themselves. Um, they're good at the PR function, whereas consultancies in uh, previous times have not really talked about themselves or the work they do. Um, will you guys be talking about the work you do? Can you talk about the work you do? Um, and will you be entering awards uh, and doing those things that ad agencies, you know, have done for, you know, 50 years? There's a lot of questions in Sorry. there, but that's Should, okay. Will you be lifting the creative <laughs> profile <laughs> it's of a, um, It's RXP's a terrific point you make, and, and we, we talk about that quite a bit. There's no doubt, I think... 
historically we've probably been a little less out there and a bit more reserved about you know talking about the things we do and sometimes that's because there's a little bit of let's not jinx you know what's happening and and if we're doing great work with one client we want to do great work with all clients and don't want to be cut out so that's the first thing i think we've we've I was going to use the word respected NDAs, but that's probably not fair because I think everyone respects NDAs. It's just that we probably don't push that envelope too much. Do we and will we get out there more? We will, and that's part of the the sort of the the buy. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I product benefit of, of having the works in with our team because it gives us some more capability around that sort of thing. We do um, enter in for awards and things. We do, and we've won a number of them, but... We don't do as much as, say, what traditionally agencies would have done. You're going to see much, much more of this sort of RXP out in market over this next 12 months, singing from the hills a little bit more about the good things we do because there are terrific things Mm. that we have done, will do and continue to do. Mm. Can't wait to get those press releases. (laughs) (laughs) And then I guess the other difference as well and something we've spoken about before is um, the conflict uh, contracts that agencies get. Ross, I know you have some views on this about how, you know, hopefully you think that that could change for ad agencies. Yeah, so look, I think it's, it's interesting. Sometimes we react to the market. Sometimes we can help create a market. There is absolutely no doubt consultancies are, are much it's much more common for consultancy-style businesses to be managing conflict in a productive, creative way, no doubt, where we can be doing work across industries and within industries. And I think with this convergence that's going on that, that Damien sort of talked about, where, you know, are we creating the convergence of agencies to consultancies, consultancies to agencies? Maybe a little bit, but let's be honest, clients are actually the ones who are driving this connection between company strategy, brand, brand strategy, brand execution, user experience, technology, people, process, all that stuff is all coming together. When that occurs, my view is that the market will also become a little more mature about being able to separate work out between businesses. And I think that will happen. It won't happen overnight, but I think that will occur where the maturity levels will increase. Um, sounds like I'm having a go at business saying that very mature, but I think it'll become more natural for people to manage and, and keep the secrecy, if you like, between accounts and things like that. Mm. Would you agree? Do you think advertising can push past that kind of barrier that we've had in place? Yeah, I think, I mean, 100%. I think, um, you know, you're seeing some agency groups creating bespoke 
environments for specific clients. I think that's one way to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we I think we see more clients being much more open to that idea that you know we can have we can work in financial services and actually cross across different areas of financial services. Um, but yeah, I, I can absolutely see that happening. Um, and I think ultimately, it's, it, there's, there's there's a limited amount of resource of of high quality. So it's, at some point, there's a moment where you have to make that decision of you know who do you want to work with, and are you are you are you concerned that that agency can actually create environments that doesn't there's not a non-conflict environment? I think it's absolutely possible. Mm. Um, you know, Ross's business model works on you know people working in clients' offices, and that's something that we are doing more and more with our clients, and I think that helps that situation. Mm. Okay, so you're moving kind of more into the consultancy model yourself, in that you know you have staff now working within agencies, uh, within clients' offices. Yeah, oh, yes. I mean we're seeing you know look um, more and more large clients are setting up more in-house capabilities. Mm and um, they do appreciate that there are some capabilities that they won't be able to attract the level of talent that they need to do that. Um, and so if you want to run an efficient machine, sometimes having some of those key people you know, who work between the agency and the client's office is a really smart way to go. And actually, our people really enjoy it. Um, because you get a much deeper understanding of the client you're working with, what's going on in their business, and therefore you can answer those problems much more efficiently and, and with better results, I think. Mm. Is there any other changes um, that you have made to the way that you work? Um, look, I think we, we're we working with Ross's team really to help upskill you know, a lot of our people in the same way that Ross is constantly doing that. And we're jumping into trainings, you know, around how, how we work, especially in the digital space. These guys obviously are experts in that area. And a lot of our team are, are, are really wanting to learn more. So, um, yes, absolutely. And when it comes to training staff about how we work, I mean, we're, asked, we're getting asked by more and more clients to work across very specific platforms. Um, and these guys have a lot of experience in some of those platforms. So there's a lot of sharing of training, um, which, again, is highly motivating to staff. If, if I can upskill myself and get you know, more efficient or proficient in a certain area, then, yeah, absolutely. That's mm. probably where we're, we're really seeing the big change. Mm. How do you think your model compares to what else is in market at the moment? Obviously, um, as I mentioned, uh, PwC owns a minority stake in Thinkabell and they work quite separately. Um, the Monkeys and Accenture might be a similar model. Um, how do you think yours com compares? Um, I mean, I, again, like I think Ross said, never, no one ever really knows what's behind a curtain mm. and, and, and obviously we, we don't necessarily want to know. But I think if I talk about how we operate as a as a company together i mean I, I think we've been really um pleased with the you know the, the opportunities that we have working together and the 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 pitches that we've done together have been seamless um the chemistry and the way in which the teams work together has been outstanding and i think part of that is because everybody just wants to learn more um, I sat in a meeting with Ross and a bunch of his sales team and we showed some of the work we did and the first comment I got was when can we start and I think that that and I think it's I think it's built within the culture of Ross's organization of RXP is an entrepreneurial business therefore it attracts entrepreneurial people and I think because he has acquired 16 businesses you're going to get 16 entrepreneurial people and all the people that were part of that company so I think that entrepreneurial spirit 
within our, all of our organisations is going to take us, you know, to, I mean, I'm, I can sometimes not contain, I know it sounds really cheesy, where I think this can go. And we do have to control ourselves to some degree in terms of what are the priorities and what do we actually need to do. But I think the vision for the business, which will be, you know, will be shared next year is unbelievably exciting. And I think will be a game changer. Mm. Oh, can't wait. I think, you know, the other thing I just add to that, it's, it's, Sometimes we get we get asked this all the time. So you know, what what's your point of differentiation? And mm. we talked about this a, a bit even before we got together. You know, the the two companies, and it can be a little bit underwhelming what I'm about to say, but it means a lot to us. And that is the way we work, just the way we go about it, the types of humans we actually are, and and the can do. Let's get on with it. Let's let's go. Let's do sort of thing. The people who are making the decisions are the ones pushing it through and they're here. So who you see is what you get sort of thing. And that's that, I think, is refreshing. We love it. Um, and to be frank, the works have just added to that. Um, and that is different. I mean, I've worked with and been with a whole bunch of others in the past, both on the supply and, I guess, the, the customer side of it. And it's different. We have mm. something a bit unique in just the way we go about it. Mm. And that makes a difference. Yeah. And um, as, as Damien just mentioned, you've bought uh, 16 companies in seven years, which is a crazy amount. Do you have um, wider ambitions to be a, a holding company as such? <laughs> um, I can nev I'm never allowed to say no or yes to those <laughs> closed questions, you see. But the funny thing is, I mean, we, we set out to do a couple of things. And one was to be a great company. And to do that, we we, we believe we've got to keep moving forward, keep evolving and keep growing. Because our view is if we stand still, then you start to go backwards. So that's number one, that, that we are committed to not standing still and to keep moving forward. Um, we have a bit of a recipe for how we do that. Um, and I think we've demonstrated our ability at least to do the acquisition side of that well and integrating businesses, integrating people. Um, in terms of what we go after next, so if you want to know whether we're going to do another ad agency, I mean, mm -hmm. we don't have any direct plans right now, um, but we do have plans to keep growing. And, and the mantra we have is not growth for growth's sake, it's growth because if you're growing, you're strong, and if you're strong, you can retain, attract, whether that be our people, or future people, clients, future clients, partners, future partners. So that's what drives us um, in terms of, you know, what's our ambition? Our ambition is to keep growing, keep evolving mm. um, and, and not get caught behind with where clients are wanting to go. Mm. And then obviously the works has been um, growing quite a lot the last few months. I think you've added, what, tw 20 staff or maybe? A little bit less, about little, 15, yeah. Yeah. What um, ambitions do you guys have for next year? Obviously, I think when we first spoke, you said if there was client interest, you would launch in Melbourne. Um, RxB has a lot of other offices, Canberra, Hobart, Hong Kong. Um, it's interesting because we spoke about this a fair bit and um, look our view is ultimately we, we are owned by RxP. RxP have offices in Sydney, in Melbourne, in Canberra and in Hong Kong and in Tasmania. So uh, effectively we are open in, in, in all those places. Um, and so I, I, mean, I, I suppose I don't want to be drawn into, are you going to open an office in Melbourne? We already have an office in Melbourne mm. uh, and we're up and running and people are going down there and we're pitching on clients down there and um, we have a client based in Melbourne already. So, um, yeah, we're open for business in Melbourne because 
there's a place for us to be based mm. um, and we will 100% be working and wanting to work with clients in Melbourne as much as you know if an opportunity came up in Hong Kong or in Tasmania we would we would absolutely look at it um, but I think the way well, the way we do it will be different um, and as Ross said they have an experience centre set up in Melbourne um, and one in Sydney and um, they are places that we will work with our clients um, whether it be in Sydney or Melbourne so I think it, for us it's more about there's a, there's a space to work and there will, therefore if clients want to work with us we're there mm. so yeah I mean 100% mm. Future Gazing 2018 just around the corner um, predictions for next year obviously I think you said Damien that you really expect the consultancy kind of trend to continue um, Ross, do you have some predictions you would like to share? You, I mean, one prediction, I mean, I'd, I'd say what we're seeing happening now will continue. That's mm. the first thing, there's no doubt. But not just because, you know, businesses want that to occur. The importance and the connection between, as I said, strategy, brand, brand execution, through to technology and people is only increasing. That connection the blurred line between what how we used to cut those businesses up is changing significant where there is so much connection and overlap what we're doing is even more important and will be more important what i think we're going to see is that that the user or the human and we've said we used to say it and we've said it for a long time you know the customer is at the center of everything i think what's going to happen as we move forward is the human's going to be at the centre of everything we do. Um, and there's plenty of humans, whether they be our employees or people, whether they be clients, partners, shareholders, whom we have, um, they will more and more be the ones who we all have to focus on. And I think you're going to see that uh, what we do and what others will have to do will be all focused on that moving forward. Mm. Prediction for next year, Damien? Um, look, I think my, uh, it's probably less of a prediction, but more, I suppose, one of my frustrations with our industry is mm. its 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 lack of ability to move forward as and redefine ourselves in terms of what we do. That's certainly why we and and RXP made the decision that we did, and I think in the same way that the other agencies have made that decision. I think the industry and the industry bodies need to start to sharpen up a bit and. We, we need a proper look at where our industry is heading. We certainly think we know where we think it's going, and hence, and, and so does a, a bunch of other independent agencies who are full of probably smarter people than me. So I think if I would predict anything, I, I'm hoping that, that the industry will start to really see where things are moving and um, other people will become part of that move because it's healthy for us all. Ultimately, if we can all push into the space that we need to be going mm. um, so I'm hoping the industry as a group probably moves away of looking uh, internally and probably bitching to some degree and actually look at the bigger picture and that's I suppose what we're trying to do and and, and fulfill that bigger picture for all of our clients. Mm. In terms of the industry bodies what do you think they can better do because I know um, comms council Tony Hale said he would welcome um, consultants to be part of the comms council. Uh, for me, it's bigger than that. I mean, you've got the double NA, you've got the comms council. Um, 
and and I think that an admar. I mean, you, I still feel I, I feel it's extraordinary for an industry that's fairly small that mm. we've got so many of these industry bodies, and I know they've all got certain beliefs that they have and things that they represent. But I think ultimately we should be able to refine that and and define what we think the future of our industries will be and have less people you know, snipping around the edges and have a much more powerful body that represents our business as a whole. Um, that That's, I suppose, what I would encourage them to do. Mm. I mean, we um, are not members of those bodies, partly because of our frustration that they're not moving fast enough into the direction that we want to be going. Mm. More consolidation, more power. Thank you guys for joining us. That's all the time we have. You've been listening to the Ad News Podcast, hosted by Nova and sponsored by The Trade Desk. We'll see you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.